morning, so I hope that's okay, because we're going to have some fun and learning. Okay, so this morning, number one. Um, Miss Stacy, can you go to that? Perfect. So that's what we're focusing on. And there's three, count them, one, two, three goals for this morning. You want to hear what they are? Okay, this is what we'll accomplish. The first one is we want to know, there should be the next slide. Yes, we want to know what the meaning of this phrase is. Some of you might know it, some of you may not, but we're going to catch up all together, okay? The second goal is we want to memorize this phrase. And the third goal is we want to know how to apply this phrase. So we're literally going to walk through these goals this morning, one, two, and three, and see what it's all about. You guys ready to do that? It's going to be fun because I believe that it can be truly exciting to memorize truth and to apply it to our lives. And... um, we can do so in different ways. And God created us all differently. Some might be visual learners, some might be tactile learners, some might be um, auditory or when you hear things. So we're going to explore different ways of learning this truth, okay? So I'm going to step over to point number one, because number one is where we will start. All right, so Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. Point number one, let's figure out what this means. All right, let me look at my notes so we know where we're going here. All right, so how many of you grew up in the church? You can show me by raising your hands. I did as well. A blessing, right? You learn so much, Lord willing, through growing up in the church, being exposed to Scripture from a young age. But unfortunately, sometimes there's some bad habits we have to break when we grow up in the church as well. Or even if you didn't grow up in the church, there's some things you might have done that we might need to correct our thinking of. One of those things is when we hear stories from the Bible, we might think it's for us to learn something about ourselves, which that is part of it, not always the primary thing. Or we might look at certain people in the Bible and think, wow, they are so great. I want to model my life after them. But we soon find out that not everyone is worth modeling in the Bible, right? Most of the heroes of the Old Testament also have a couple stories that we like to forget about because they have great sin in their lives as well. There's only one hero in the Bible, and that is our great God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so one thing that this phrase means is greatly described in this little book here. Now, this is not the actual Bible, so I want that to be clear. It's called Jesus' Storybook Bible. So not everything in here is inspired by God. It's based off of truth. But I love the intro to this book because it helps correct your thinking and explain what this phrase really means, that Christ is the fulfillment of all of Scripture. So it's going to be on the screen, the intro, and I'm going to read it in my best reading voice. All right, and here we go. I would show you the pictures, but you don't have to. They're right up there for you, okay? So here we go. Now, some people think the Bible is a book of rules, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. Other people think the Bible is a book of heroes, showing you people you should copy. The Bible does have some heroes in it, but... As you'll soon find out, 
Most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They make some big mistakes, sometimes on purpose. They get afraid and run away at times. They are downright mean. Next page. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the ones he loves. It's the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story. The story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story, and at the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He is like the missing piece in a puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly, you can see a beautiful picture. And this is no ordinary baby. This is the child upon whom everything would depend. This is the child who would one day, but wait, our story starts where all good stories start right at the very beginning. So this is a great intro of what this phrase means. Actually, you can go to the next slide, Miss Daisy. It means the Bible is mainly about God and his redemptive plan seen through Jesus Christ or revolving around Jesus Christ. From beginning to end, like our song says, it's all about Jesus. So we don't just get introduced to Jesus when we turn to the New Testament starting with the four Gospels, right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, Jesus is from the beginning throughout all of Scripture. And we had to correct our thinking because sometimes we think, okay, the Bible is full of rules. It is how we should live best. But it's not primarily about that, and it's not primarily about looking at the Bible for heroes like Noah or Abraham, though we can learn a lot from them as well. It's primarily or mainly about God and his redemptive plan that revolves around Jesus. Now, don't just take Jesus' storybook Bible or my words for it. In fact, we should look at the most important person who's ever walked this earth. Who was that? Jesus. Great job. Thank you. And he said the same thing, that even the Old Testament was pointed to himself. So you can go to the next slide. In Sunday school, we use a curriculum called the Gospel Project. And this, it does a phenomenal job saying that all of Scripture points to Jesus from Old Testament to New Testament. And right now, kiddos, do you recognize these pictures? Remember these stories? We just finished talking about the road to Emmaus as well as Jesus appearing to his disciples. In our curriculum, Jesus is alive again. He was put on the cross, and he died, actually died, and then he rose again after three days. And then he made his appearance to many, many people. The first accorded appearance was to disciples on the road to Emmaus. Okay, kids, I need you to help me out here if you were in Sunday school. Tell me before the disciples met Jesus on the road to Emmaus, with your thumbs, were they in a good mood or a bad mood? I need you to show me here. Good mood or bad mood? I can't see everyone so high up for me. Yes, correct. Good job, Haringer clan. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Bad. They were sad, okay, because they thought that the one they had been following had just died. So they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus on the road. That's why it's called the road to Emmaus. 
And all of a sudden, a man appears to them. Who was that man? Does anyone know? Well, God the Son, Jesus Christ. Great job, Noah. Jesus Christ appeared to them, and he said, why are you so depressed? Why are you down? They're like, don't you know what just happened in Jerusalem? And Jesus, of course, he didn't know because they were talking about him. And he proceeded to tell them as they walked to Emmaus this, okay? You ready to hear what he actually said to them? This is in Luke 24, 25. It says, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did you not? Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. So we see here that Jesus himself took the prophets, what Moses has said in the Psalms, and he said, listen, all the Old Testament, it's pointing to me. We see this again. If you just flip to the next page in your Bible, he appeared to the 12 disciples, the ones that we're more familiar with, okay, in an upper room. And they did the same thing. They were astounded, and this is what he said to them. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So again, we see that Jesus himself pointed out the truth that the Old Testament was all about him, and it had to be fulfilled. Okay, you can go to the next slide. This is our memory verse currently in Sunday school. I know a couple people have it memorized. Does anyone want to come up and say it for the whole church? Anyone feel comfortable doing that? You don't have to. I'm not going to call you out. It's fine. I still need to memorize it, so I'm going to read it. But this is also our church's memory verse for this week. Okay, so next week, I might tell Pastor Cody to put this in so he can review and check you, okay? All right, let's read it together. Here, I'll move this out of the way for you. We'll read it together. Out loud, that means, okay? So we'll start with the top. What I have received, I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Now, Jesus didn't write this. You know, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. So our next point right here, Miss Stacy, we'll see that Jesus himself and Paul show that the Old Testament spoke of Jesus. So what does this phrase mean? It means that the Bible is mainly about God and his redemptive plan that revolves around Jesus. And we know that's true because Jesus himself pointed it out. Okay, you guys have a good grasp on what this phrase means? Okay, that was not convincing. Do you have a good, I'm not sure, we can, we can spend a little time over here still. In fact, I'm going to have a visual, okay? So I would love to have like three helpers. Would, oh, Molly. Yes, Miss Molly, come up here. Yes, thank you. I need a couple more because it's going to be kind of in. Yeah, you want help? Come up here. Yeah, go ahead. I'll take one of the older generations too. How about that? Oh, oh, I don't need the mic. No, we don't need it. Thank you. All right, I'm going to call someone out if you don't come. Oh, Abigail, you can come. Perfect. That will be great. Okay, so this is going to take some. Hands. You have hands? Okay, perfect. <laughs> I would be. Okay, you can hold that corner. And what's your name, sweetie? I don't know. Audrey. Audrey. Say hi to Audrey. Are you visiting this morning? Oh, we're so glad you're here. Let's move this so it's not here. Okay, so 
I know it's a little boxy, but this is going to be an O, okay? Can you see that? And Abigail, this is a T, okay? So we sometimes abbreviate the Old Testament as OT. Like in college, I had to take OT survey, okay? So, oh, yeah, you just want to keep that straight for now. So you guys, why don't we set this way so everyone can see you? It won't be number two yet. We'll move him over there. Okay, perfect. Okay, so the OT. Here's a visual we're going to learn. The OT. What is the OT ultimately about? Here, it's going to figure this out. Watch this. This is going to be cool. The OT is really about here. We're going to have to see how we do this. Okay, Molly, why don't you move that way? Okay, yes. Can you hold it like this? One out? Yes. Perfect. Oh, okay. So there's a lot in the Old Testament. It's actually longer than the New Testament. All the Old Testament is all about <laughs> Jesus. Look at that. So if you need a visual, what is the Old Testament about? It's all about Jesus. Does that make sense? Do you think you got a good understanding? Okay, great. Give it up for my helpers. Thank you guys very much. Good. All right. So it's all about Jesus. So I think we can mark off number one. We know what the meaning is. So number two is we have to memorize this. You guys ready to memorize? All right. So Mr. Noah, you want to come up here? Say hi to my friend Noah. So Noah, I have the privilege of being in his small group for Awana. You can Stand right by this chair, okay? And um, a couple weeks ago, we had something we call measles night, which is where the kids say as many verses as they can, and each time they say a verse, they get a sticker and they get to put it on a leader. So Miss Erin was in our room, and I worked with Noah all night, and we got a, like at least five verses down, didn't we? Remember that? And you got to put stickers on Miss Erin, and you picked the funniest places to put them on Miss Erin, okay? And what we did that night was we worked through, I like working through verses in rhythm. So like Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, like that, okay? So we're going to memorize this phrase with you using some rhythm. Noah's going to help me. You guys want to try it out? You guys can use your hands. Okay, so try to repeat my rhythm. Ready? Okay, good. So the phrase is, Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. So we're going to break it down. You ready? Okay, so let's just practice round. You heard right. Good job. Okay, so you'll follow him. Okay, got it? So we'll try it again all together. You'll repeat me, okay? Does that sound good? You're going to lead them. I'll lead you, you lead them. Got it? <clears throat> All right, so we're going to do Christ is, and then that's what we'll do. Christ is. You got to say it too. You guys got to. Good job. Christ is. The fulfillment of the whole scripture. Okay. I'll, let's clap. How about that? We'll, let's face this way. Okay. Smile at them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Christ is. Christ is. Christ is. Okay. The fulfillment 
Christ is the fulfillment. Good job. Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. You got to try to follow my beat. Ready? Here, try my hands. Ready? Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. Okay, let's try to put it all together. Pastor Luke is having trouble too. Okay. Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. All right. Okay, let's try it without pausing. You think we can do it? Okay, let's try it. I kind of changed the rhythm a couple times, didn't I? Uh-huh. I know. Okay. Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. Can I try it with you? Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. Let's try it one more time. Okay, we got to memorize this. Okay. Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. You think you could say it? You want to try it by yourself? Or not? Not yet. Okay. By second service, maybe at the end you can do it, okay? Okay, give it up for my friend Noah. Okay, so now we know what it means that God, the Bible is mainly about God and his redemptive plan revolving around Jesus. And we know that's true because Jesus himself pointed out, and other writers of the Bible, like Paul, we know the phrase, right, that Christ is the fulfillment of the whole scripture. Now, we're going to learn what it means to apply this truth to our lives. Oh, I forgot my song, didn't I, Miss Stacy? That's okay. Maybe we'll sing it at the end. That's okay. Okay, so we're going to move to number three, and we're going to see... Knowing this truth, knowing what it means, how can we apply this to our lives? All right. So when we read the Bible, Pastor Cody has said this before, we need to ask a couple questions. Not first what we're going to learn from a character in the Bible that we might be reading. So let's say we're reading about David. The first question should not be, what should I learn from King David? The first question instead should be, da, 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 what does this passage tell us about God, or how does this passage point us to Jesus? Because we know that the main purpose of all of Scripture is about God and points us to Jesus, so we need to ask that question. What does this passage tell us about God, and how does it point to Jesus? So I'm going to take a common story. I try to stay in Genesis because we already have gone through Genesis in our series with Pastor Cody. And the first couple chapters, someone raise your hand and, well, you don't have to raise your hand, you can shout it out. I'm used to having people raise their hands. Who are the first two people that were created? Good job, Adam and Eve. You raised your hand, way to be obedient. Adam and Eve. So we hear about Adam and Eve quite a lot, right? That God created them, that they had choices to make, and by your thumb a meter, tell me, we're good at making choices, or pretty bad. Yeah, they were fairly bad because they were given instructions and they broke those instructions. They chose to sin. Okay, 
And that happens in chapter 3 of Genesis. You can go to the next slide. So if we were to read Genesis 3, we might learn a couple things. Um, or we might think we could apply a couple things. And here's what, when I was reading, when I asked these questions, what do we learn about God, and what can we learn of how it points to Jesus? These were, is this in some people's way? We'll just. So you guys can actually see here. We'll, we'll strangle two for a minute. Okay. Here is what I picked up. First of all, in Jesus's, or Genesis, Jesus's, Genesis 3, 15, it promises Jesus. This is one of the first times we hear about Jesus. I'm going to read it. It's pretty powerful. This is after Adam and Eve were discovered, their sin was discovered. So Jesus came to the garden, and they were hiding in shame, and Jesus was giving them their consequences. And this was spoken actually to the serpent. So Genesis chapter 3, here we go. 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That is a direct promise of Jesus who will come. That a descendant of Eve, I almost said Mary, which is also true. Mary was Jesus' direct mother. But a descendant of Eve, so many, 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 many years later, this was a promise that Jesus would come and crush Satan. Okay, so that is in Genesis, the first, within the first three chapters, is there's promise of Jesus. If you were to continue to read in 321, we see that God is a God of grace, and death was payment, death was a payment for shame to be covered. There should be a four in there. So death was a payment for shame to be covered because God gave them their punishment, but he didn't leave them in their nakedness and shame. He actually clothed them in animal clothing. Now, in order for them to have skin from an animal, the animal had to be killed. So there had to be death as the consequence of their sin. But God, in his grace, allowed death to occur to cover mankind so that they no longer had to be exposed in their shame. Does that sound familiar, that truth sound familiar to anyone else? God allowed death to happen through Jesus Christ to cover our sin and our shame. Wow, what a great truth that we see in the very first few pages of Genesis. God is the same God in the Old Testament as he is today, and that truth is the same. There was death that happened through Jesus Christ and through his death and resurrection. When we believe in him, we are covered with his righteousness, so no longer our sin and shame have to be exposed. Did you know that was in Genesis 3? That's pretty cool. It's all about Jesus. And then, if you go a little lower, you see that there was place, they had to be removed from the garden, the place that God had prepared for them to be, and there was a barrier placed there. And we learn from that that God is holy, and sin separates us from him because we have chosen to be unholy or sinful. Here's a book that I think is really helpful for this main key. You can write it down. Okay, it's called The Garden, the Curtain, and the Cross. And it starts in the Garden of Eden, and it talks about how Adam and Eve's sin separated them from being in a place that God created from, for them. And then it goes on to talk about how in the Jewish culture, there was a curtain that divided the people from the holies of holies. And there was separation because we are unholy and God is holy. And then it talks about how that curtain, that separation, was broke or ripped when Christ defeated sin on the cross. 
It explains this truth that we see in Genesis 3 that sin separates us and how Jesus Christ breaks that separation through defeating sin. So this is a great resource. Okay, that was all in like a 10-verse span that we saw who God is better. He's holy. He's just. He promised Jesus. And we see that death has a consequence. I mean, sin has a consequence that's death. But God is gracious in covering his people from their shame. Okay, that's Genesis 3. Another popular story we're going to cover real quick, see how to apply this truth, is Genesis 6 through 9, which is Noah. Who here likes the story of Noah? It's very interesting. Anyone here been to the Ark Experience? I have not been there, so I can't raise my hand. But it's really neat. I've, I've seen pictures and heard. And if you go there, I hear it's very gospel-centered because, as we'll soon see, all of Scripture points to who God is and to Jesus Christ. Are you getting that this morning? Are you getting that? You understand that? Okay, great. All right, so we're going to go through that story. You know that the sin of the world has grown great by this time. Okay, we're only in chapter 6, but the world is a nasty place. There is a lot of unrighteousness, but there is one who has seen righteous in God's eyes, and that was Noah. Now, here's what many of us were taught as kids. We learned how to count through the story of Noah, maybe, like one, two animals. We learned about animals, and animals are really cool, and God did an awesome job designing them. That is not the primary point of this story, okay? You read through it, you do see that God's awesome, that he is sovereign, and he's made a lot of animals, and he saved them, but it's not really about that. If you read through, you see that God, as the creator, has established what is right and wrong and is just in punishing the wrong. So really, the story of Noah is showing God's justice and his holiness. And you might be a little uncomfortable with that because sometimes I am. You read through and you're like, what? God destroyed nearly everything on earth. But we have to remember that he's the, and he's the establisher of what is right or wrong, and he is just in punishing wrong. Okay, that is one thing we learned from Noah. We also, though, thankfully, see that God is gracious and prov provides a way of saving. Does that also sound familiar to you? That's still true for us today. God is just in punishing what is right or wrong, but he's gracious in providing a way for us to be saved. And we also see at the end of the story, God established a promise with Noah and his family that he would never again flood the earth. And what was that symbol in the sky? A rainbow, okay? So we know that God is a God who keeps his promises. And remember, just a few chapters ago from the last story, we remember that there was a promise made that Jesus would come and defeat sin. And that is seen in the story of Noah. So it's not mainly about animals, but it's mainly about us knowing who God is and that he has a plan to save us. So we learned what the phrase means. We memorized it. We learned a little bit how to apply it. I'm going to give you a couple resources to help you apply this because your homework this week, oh, yes, I'm giving you homework, okay? is to go through an Old Testament story, maybe that you know really well, and I want you to come up with three points like I have to the story. You have to ask the question, what does this story tell us about God, and how does it point us to Jesus? You got that? Some of you look very blank-faced. Okay, that's okay. I'm going to give you some resources. So here's a resource. First of all, I want to say I'm going to give you some resources, but start and end with the Bible itself, okay? 
So these are good to help you get in that mindset. This is not the end all. None of these books are fully inspired by God. Okay, so the Jesus Storybook Bible, I mentioned this. This is a great storybook that takes Bibles of the story and points them to Jesus. Okay, if you need a copy of this, we have a bunch. You can come to me after. I can let you borrow one. I also mentioned the, the garden, the curtain, and the cross. It's in there. When you go to the next slide, Miss Stacy, I think it lists all of them. There you go. Okay. Um, here is, these are all kids at the moment. That's okay. The Gospel Story Bible by Marty McClowski, I think is how you say his name. It's great. Kind of does the same thing um, as the Jesus Storybook Bible, but maybe for a little bit older audience. Okay, it goes through the story, Old and New Testament, and how it points us to the redemptive plan of God. And then another one that does pretty much the same thing. I realized that I, I did not have to go far because I love this truth so much. These are all on my shelf. If you want to borrow them, you may. And this is called The Biggest Story, How the Snake Crusher Brings Us Back to the Garden. I love that. That's based on the promise of Genesis 3, how the snake crusher brings us back to the garden. This might be a good one for some of elementary boys because who doesn't want to crush stuff, you know? Crush the snake. Jesus Christ himself's a crusher. All right, and then if you're a little bit more mature reader, perhaps, here's two um, books for you. Jesus on Every Page. This is by... David Murray, and I really enjoy him. His intro um, is very relatable for those of us who grew up in the church and might have learned a specific way that might not be the best way to study the Bible. So Jesus on every page. This is Pastor Cody's book. I have all the kid ones. He has all the grown-up books. And then this is a great one. Actually, this is from my shelf, too. It's called the Bible Story Handbook, and it goes through 175 of the most common Bible stories, and it talks about how um, we've wrongly taught them, and it gives us some contextual insight, and then it helps us understand what the story is truly about, pointing us back to God and Jesus Christ. So these are all great resources. Another one that Miss um, Michelle, Tony's wife, mentioned is um, there's a video series called What's in the Bible, and it's a very fun visual way to learn. So if you're not a reader, like, maybe you'll pop those in. They are geared for children, but it's a great way to learn as well. Okay, so do you feel like we have a good understanding of our three main goals today? Thumbs, thumb a meter of how you feel like we've accomplished our goals. Zuh, goals, thumb a meter. This is the thumb a meter, sorry. Our kids know what that is. Yes, okay, wow, some of you are still not so sure, so I'm gonna need 100% before we move on. All right, thumb a meter of how you feel like we've accomplished our goals. All right, I need to see a lot of thumbs here. We do want to move on, I'm sure. Okay, great. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Great job. So I'm going to invite anyone, any kids, we're going to sing a song. It's called um, Know You Better. Molly, you can come up. If any kids want to come up, Know You Better, we're going to teach you a song. This is one song that we sing a lot of times before, uh, we can come in the center here, before we teach because we really desire for um, us to know the truth that when we open God's word, it's not just about us, but it's really to know God better. So they're going to help me review. You're going to help me learn the motions here. Okay, everyone face front. We can face front. You guys, uh, let's stand. Yes, please. Thank you. Miss Kimmy, yeah, yeah, help me. Yes, please. Okay, so it's kind of fast moving, but that, don't let it scare you. It goes, I, or no, I, <laughs> I want to know you better, better than I know right now. I'm going to reach my hands up to you, feel your arms around me. I want to know you better, better than I know right now. I'm going to read your holy Bible, and then you get cool. That's where the truth is found. 
Okay, you think you can do that? Great, you guys ready? Okay, we're gonna do it. This is. You can stay standing, actually, where I'm going to invite the worship team up. We're going to sing all about Jesus one more time, but let's thank the Lord, okay, for allowing us to learn with different things, different ways, and for this truth. We have a great blessing of having God's word so readily available to us, and the blessing is if you don't have a Bible, 
you don't own a Bible, anyone in this room, there's a cart of Bibles right outside the main office. There are old pew Bibles. Grab one so that you can do your homework, which is to find an Old Testament story and see how it points to Jesus Christ and teaches us more about God. And find great joy in the truth that we have an awesome God who is full of grace, who is just and holy, but has provided a way of redemption or of saving through Jesus Christ. And we see that from beginning to end. And what a great song to review everything we've learned. Okay, let's pray, and then we'll end with a, with a song. Lord, we thank you so much for your word, the Bible, and that you reveal or show yourself to us through every single page. It's all about you and your great name. Thank you that we get to be part of that story. Today, may we be excited about getting in your word and seeing Christ through your truth. Jesus' name, amen. I'm just hoping that none of you think, wow, that was really great for our kids to learn because that truth is true for all of us. And maybe it was like, wow, I already knew that that was a review, but that's great. What a great truth to be reminded of this morning. And I wanted to make sure we're all on the same page as we move forward in the study that Pastor Cody will continue with. Christ in the Old Testament. Every story is all about who our great God is, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So don't walk away thinking, oh, I'm so glad we did that for the kids because that was for every person in this room to know, okay? So go forward this week being excited about Jesus Christ and how his plan, our God the Father's plan, has been for all time, and it was a plan that we get to be part of. And don't forget your homework, okay? Have a blessed week. Thanks for joining us on Family Celebration Sunday. Woo!